0: Cool. Well, Kiorana Tato Kato a Messiah, O Yesu Messiah, Kororia Ite Uh family, uh, welcome again to the Fresh Truth uh, podcast. Uh, this is season three of our uh, Fresh Truth podcast. Praise the Lord, we haven't been uh, cancelled or deplatformed yet. Uh, so that's something to praise the Lord for. Just want to uh, quickly say, What's up to Canaan? My Lord, Canaan, how are you, bro? Okay, he's whispering because uh, he's uh, he's been very busy. But for those uh, who are first-time listeners or who don't know too much about Fresh Truth, just want to quickly remind you, uh, Fresh talks about um, our Pacific or Polynesian background, and Truth talks about our passion for biblical truth and God's Word. Uh, we're, a, we're a group of Bible-believing Christians uh, from Polynesian backgrounds, but we live in the capital of the universe, uh, which is in South Auckland, New Zealand. Uh, and we're passionate about God's sufficient and infallible Word passionate about the saving gospel of Jesus Christ and passionate about contending for the faith. Um, I just want to quickly um, uh, turn to my uh, our very special guest today, and um, th- he's got a long list of achievements and that kind of stuff. Eh? So it's sort of, I don't, I, it might take the whole podcast to say everything. <laughs> uh, but his name is Dr. Terry Uh Terry graduated from Marlowe Theological College in Samoa and is currently a lecture, lecturer in theology. Uh, at Laidlaw College, which is here in New Zealand, and Terry has a PhD in theology from the University of Auckland. Did I get that right? Yeah. Oh, praise the Lord. So, Terry, welcome. How are you, bro? Yeah, good. Thank you. Oh, great. To, great to have you on the show um, and to uh, to hear from you. And we're gonna come back to you very soon, uh, Terry. But I just want to quickly read from God's Word today, if that's all right. And um, I, I've been uh, reading through First and Second Peter uh, over summer, and I just want to read from First uh, Peter. Uh, uh, chapter 3. I'm going to turn to chapter 3, 1 Peter chapter 3, and I'm just going to read a couple of verses that have always encouraged me. So this is First Peter chapter 3, verses 13 onwards. And who is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness' sake, you are blessed. And do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. Verse 15, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness, or some translations say gentleness, with meekness or gentleness and fear. And that's from 1 Peter 3. I love how uh, Peter here uh, points to the persecution that comes to all true followers of Jesus Christ, and uh, and that is a, a, an ugly reality of what's happening for the body of Christ around the world. But Peter also pushes and encourages believers to defend the faith, to, to give reasonable answers for the hope that we have in Christ, despite the persecution and despite the cost. And so I always we always want to uh, check in with God's Word when we get back to fresh truth. So now now I need to get back to the special guest. Uh, Terry, could you introduce yourself? I've given you the sort of formal in, uh, introduction, but could you introduce yourself? And are you married? Do you have kids? Um, where do you live? And, and so on.
1: Thank you, Ronji, for the opportunity. Uh, if you don't mind me saying some formalities, oh. Nice. Uh, so I'm Terry Boono. Boono uh, is my grandfather's name. His name was Boono Sui. Okay. He also came through Maalua, taught at Maalua for a few years, and ended up in a village called Lalovi, okay. a very small village as a pastor. Um, and uh, my father's from Si'umu and Matau uh, to Falatai. My mother is from Sa'anapu and Malie. And they migrated to New Zealand in the early 1970s. Okay. Uh, I was born and raised here, out in uh, Massey in West Auckland. West Auckland, okay. Yeah. We'll let you in this time. <laughs> eh? okay. But I now live in... Uh, Manuera. Oh, so yeah, yeah. see, they all come in the end. <laughs> I've Brazil been converted. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> converted. <laughs> In another we, we've way. We've won them, we've won them home. Yeah. Uh, so I live with Helen and our four kids in Clinton Park. Uh, they're actually in Napier at the moment, having a, a short, short holiday. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, really, really enjoy. We've um, grew up in the Fakasa, uh, both of us. But recently we've left and we're currently fellowshipping in St. John's Presbyterian. At, uh, in Papatoi That's the true church as well I grew up Presbyterians <laughs> That's why I call it The true church yeah. um, We left for um, We thought that uh, We wanted to get involved In mission work And helping out A lot of the Mission agencies Like uh, the Cancer Society Some homeless programs But we felt like Our, our resources Were being consumed uh, By being part of their Fakasa. So we didn't leave On a bad note Okay uh, We still love the hymns We love the people And we still worship at home using the Salmon language, so um, yeah, we're going never getting through liminal spaces and and, and our junior faith, uh, but uh, we're still praising God uh, through through our service. Cool. And, uh,
0: and Terry, those are some of those things. Um, I mean, that's been uh, the, the, our discussion as we've tried to work out the some of the key questions because we've sort of titled this podcast from Mar Law to Law, right? Two big theological college, colleges here in the Pacifica. Uh, region, and one of the things that we at Fresh Truth felt was that, you know, how do we learn from Terry's journey from mud law to laid law, and what insights can we we gain from all of that experience, which we want to touch on in, in in the podcast, and sort of learn about some of the key issues that are facing Christians and the church in New Zealand today, but maybe even even if we drill into the Basfika Church as well. Um, K, uh, Terry, I first met you at uni. Um, and we came out of the same university fellowship. But you never talked to me because I think you were, I thought you thought I was In- insane. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you thought I was not I, I was sort a of like heathen and a pagan.
1: Uh. Uh, I think when I'm in the midst of a lawyer, I feel like, uh, you know, like... That uh, you're worried? I'm very, you very mean, anxious. That's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. <laughs> that's the, yeah. But so
0: you um, so you were a few years before me at university, but we came both came out of uh, Pacific Students for Christ. Uh, yeah. and I just wanted to quickly ask, what was that experience like for you in terms of Ifaka whakasa boy, traditional uh, church, uh, very traditional church? And then coming to hear all this stuff about being born again and uh, spirit-filled and all this kind of stuff. Like, you know, I mean, how did you come to faith in Jesus Christ? And, yeah, especially around that time when when I first met you and I thought, man, you were an older brother in the Lord, quiet, humble, very, very different from me, um, but also just walk, walking your journey with the Lord. So how did you come to faith in Christ? Um, uh, when you come when you say how do we
1: come to faith, I think uh maybe I like to reword that. I think I still still seeking faith, uh Christ okay. and I think faith is a journey. Agreed. I don't think it's like uh, something that you reach, but I think it's a journey where you're continually um navigating through life, continually seeking um God's promises in your life. So I I know where you're trying to come from, but I do I do feel like that was an important stage in my life. Where, the, the university yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. When you leave high school, you go to university, and you're in this space where you know, we see a lot of bad things happen at university, mm-hmm. things that are quite liberal and beyond or radical beyond our own sure comfort not. zones as Pacific Islanders. Um, but uh, we're always, I was always yearning um, to know more about, about the Bible and more about the Word of God, and, and I found that the... Uh, Pacific students was Christ for Christ was a very encouraging space. Mm. You know, we were one family. Um, you had uh, mm. yourself, Ephesel Collins, mm. um, Janita. Mm. You know, very encouraging people, and I found that space to be very encouraging in a sense. And and it gave me that sense that hey, this this is a these guys really are serious about their faith. Mm. And um, and some things that. Uh, some of the biblical teachings that we were uni for in the Fakasa Church, um, as a young adult, um, growing up, we would find that in the Pacific Students for Christ. So it was challenging as well because we it kinda like stepping out of our comfort zone. Yeah. Um, you know, we do about born again, it's it's a it's a uh, theological perspective that you would yeah. uh, in really different languages well, yeah, that yeah. was coming through I yeah and when you talk about a window for win in the Samoan church mm. we, you won't say it in the same way yeah, sure. as they would do in the Pentecostal church so but I um, was able to navigate my way through that and I would say hey this is going to be tough for me um, but that probably wasn't the most radical experience it was probably going down to Wellington uh, oh, okay. to visit my cousins in Paroa, who were Praiser Worship leaders in open outreach praises ministry in Pararoa and that was a lot more radical and, uh, you know, loud music. And um, my family was all from the A.G. church. And I found that quite a a very um, challenging experience. But uh, um, my, my dad went down. He's a very conservative whakasa. But he he said, no, let's go to the A.G. church. And he would sit during the service and, and still praise God in his wow. own way. And I found that, man, I saw a lot of maturity in my dad. I say oh, I could learn a, a bit from my dad. And and as time went by, uh, you start to think, hey, this is... Um, I think it's, it was tough for me, but at the same time, um, very significant. Uh, those experiences the Those experiences, along the way, yeah. yeah, very, very uh, significant. Um, and then that led me on to probably why I went to Madua, to be honest. Which is a really
0: good thing, because the next set of questions is about that journey that I yeah. really wanted to push in, because look I'm I, I grew up surrounded by faith else um, in my family and um, I've, I've got cousins and uncles that have come through my law and so to be honest also I've had a really bad view of faith over the years eh? yeah. w- w- regardless of whatever traditional church and and so um, to have one here to uh, that's been through that experience is a real honor for us, say eh? because then um, that we get a chance to try and um, ask you some of these deep questions and 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 uh, and really try and push through. So, I wanted to ask you firstly: Can you tell us about your time at Marlow? I mean, what what what's it like? What are the what things that uh, about God and the Bible and theology did you learn at Marlow? Is it is it um. Uh, just the theological school, are you doing a bunch of other stuff there? Are you in the maumangas as well? <laughs> yeah, what's happening in that school? If, always, for those always. That don't know, And for those that don't know, Malua is a theological college in Samoa. It's for the Congregational Christian Church of Samoa, also known as Ifakasa. So, yeah, so what was it like?
1: I, I was probably, if I could reflect in hindsight on my experiences, Malua is uh, probably the, the biggest turning point in my life. Uh, those four years as a student and my six years as a lecturer. Um... Before I go on to Mahardua, uh, let me go back to Pacific Students for Christ. Okay, uh, sure. One of the sisters, um, when I did share that I was going to Mahardua, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was I don't know, maybe it was a lot of the soul experience. And, and just in the middle of the night I was just looking at the roof and I just felt like God was was talking to me. And I closed my eyes, I prayed, prayed and I went and a couple of hours later I went and told my dad, I want to go to Mahwah. Wow. And my whole family was crying. And was I your met, dad if I feel as well? No, no, okay. sister Deacon. Okay. Um and uh, I went and told uh, one of the sisters from Civil Studies of Christ, I won't say her name, and she cried and she prayed for me and she said, and she's in the charismatic church and that really was something that I I uh, embraced. And I said, oh man, it's just very encouraging. Went to Malua and you probably know Marua, uh, very robust in terms of the theological education. Uh, I would say that Malua, um when I entered Malua in 2000, um, about four or five years prior to my entry into Malwa, they had uh, made efforts to enhance theological education okay. um, in terms of uh, new degrees, higher degrees, and making sure that a lot of our scholarship, scholarship students would come back and teach at Māalua. So under the uh, eye of, uh, or the guidance of, Professor Oteli a uh, visionary, um, so theological education, Old Testament, New Testament, theology, church history, practical theology, so similar Christian to other ethics. Course.
0: Were you guys doing languages there? Hebrew Greek and, Greek. Greek and okay, Hebrew. Okay, yep, very,
1: uh, we all learnt Greek and Hebrew. Um, I was probably more, I wasn't too flesh in the Hebrew, but I was okay in the Greek. Well, Canaan is a, is a, is a, is a
0: Greek scholar. I mean, he knows everything. Yeah, Canaan, do you want to? Okay, we'll, we'll pause we'll come it there. Back. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um So in terms of theological education, uh, very tough, uh, four years um, probably the only school in the world where you did f- three exams or six exams in three days. Oh, snap. Yeah, one after the other. Monday, tch, tch, Tuesday, tch, Wednesday. Tch, tch. And that's every and, year? Yep. Okay. And straight after you go to the Manga and, and you still do work. You still go and do a saka for your teacher. Wow. So uh, very tough. Um, Christian formation as well is very important. We had morning devotions every day. We had uh, a lot of uh, worship services as a community. Um, two on Sunday. We had one with th- on Thursday. Were you married?
0: Sorry, were you married oh, when you went into Mad or Did you get married um, during Mad Law?
1: I was single. I got married uh, as a, as a lecturer. Oh, okay. Later, okay, later cool, on, yeah. so I left after my four years. I was single. Okay. Got married and, uh and uh, as as a lecturer. So, okay. but um, I think it was probably the I mentioned earlier. It was the biggest turning point in my life because I matured fast. Um. And I learned a lot about our church. I learned a lot about, uh, about uh, theology, not only as a, as a, uh, in theory, mm. but in practice. And I remember queuing up um, on the day of graduation. Our class were waiting for the bell to, to go. We were, this is probably 50 meters away from the uh, church. And there was a massive silence. And all of a sudden, we all broke down crying. Wow. Because we had come through four years of, of struggle, um, but it was very rewarding probably the, uh, you know me, back at uni. Mm. Um, you're you're hard working, Ronji. I have to say. Um, I was probably a bit uh, of a, mm. uh, an immature, uh, young, naive adult at University of Auckland, so I got my degree, but I didn't really feel like that I earned it. At Malua, uh, that really changed my life. Um, I really felt like, even even coming home for holidays, my mum would be surprised, I wake up in the morning, I've already weeded the garden, oh. I've already mowed the lawn, Those are the habits that you... Those are habits. I'm thinking of, um, maybe in church history, the the Benedictine uh, Mm. monasteries um, in Rome. And uh, they had this uh, philosophy called orate labora in Latin, which is pray and work. So the philosophy behind orate labora is that uh, laziness is hostile to the soul. Um, and that means if you've got a lazy mind, lazy body, yeah. um, you're, you're, a, lazy, you're a lazy Christian. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I was reading about that
0: in Proverbs as well. It talks about the about laziness, or and you look at the ant and you see the work of the ant, hey, and you yep. sort of those lessons. So Okay, that's a so there's, there's all that work going on the manga stuff, the yep. suckers, the, the the chores. But you got to keep up your theological studies yep. at yep. the same time.
1: Exactly. I think it's it's a discipleship in a different way because mm. it's about you learn about discipline. You learn about uh, being relational in the community. You learn about if someone doesn't step up, you need to, you know, you step in for that person. And that's what I learned in Marua. You know, we, we would yeah. have, uh, you know, on Saturday mornings, probably the toughest day we had the, at the Maumanga. We went to the to de yeah. and we were there from probably 6.30 to 1 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, the hardest. But all I remember is that when I started to struggle and I was starting to faint, my Fellow colleague next to me, like he's the principal right now at the Malua Theological College, Vaitusi, would come around and go, Come on, for mm, and he mm-hmm. would weed uh, my spot. And there's the, the, the um, it's all about relationships and, yeah. and encouraging one another. And a lot of the lessons we learn in Malua, uh, we are required to take that into the ministry. Okay, and uh, again,
0: that, yeah. that's a good connection then, too. So you had all this theological training, church history. Uh, formation, languages, all that kind of stuff. So did you go and become an Air minister straight away? Or did you, what was that journey after you graduated? Like, No,
1: I got called to be a a teacher. So you stayed on campus? No, no, we went on a church scholarship. So um, after your four years, there will be uh, some delegates from the graduate class would uh, be selected to go on scholarship. And the vision of the church is that they will go outside, um, do a master's, do a PhD, and then it will come back and and uh, teach at the college. Okay. So I was um very uh, fortunate and blessed and humbled to to be able to I uh, received a scholarship to Geneva. Okay. With uh, a fellow colleague of mine, he's uh, actually in the minister mm-hmm. at that now, Danny Bhatti. Okay. We went to Geneva. You weren't
0: you were there with John Calvin like writing the John Calvin stuff <laughs> at that time in Geneva. <laughs> John, like John John. No, that, yeah, 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 well yes. we. Well,
1: we went to the University of Geneva yeah, yeah, uh, for our, a couple of our courses. So we saw the Reformation War. Oh, we had classes at that. Day. Yeah, that we, right? we saw the Reformation War. Learned a lot about Calvinism. Mm. Um, World Council of Churches. Okay. I think uh, that was another experience is that uh, it really opened my mind to the global church. Um, stepping out of my comfort zone. When you go to Geneva, you're, you're there with Africans, Americans, Europeans, um, Jamaicans, um, Lutheran Church, Presbyterian, Pentecostal. Yeah. Um, so I remember my experiences. In our first week, we had uh, the author No, sorry, the African brothers had, uh, led worship, and they were dancing on the on, mm. the, on the pulpit, and they were. That's and very the, on the background nah. Well, I was all right because I was like "Oh, this is cool," but the Orthodox. Oh, okay. Um, brothers and my what the Greek or, or Russian, um, Greek Russian Greek and Serbia okay, they they okay. found that was quite that was this is blasphemy. <laughs> This is this is not this is not right. This is the yeah, yeah, yeah. God's temple. This is our sacred space. How can you dance yeah. on the pulpit? So the challenges that we face at, in, in in ecumenical college. Can I ask a question about that, please? Because
0: yeah. look, I um and I know a little bit about ecumenicalism, <clears throat> and I and I I get warning lights, I get warning signs when I hear about ecumenicalism because I think, well, where does doctrine sit in that? I can understand connecting as different churches, right? But we're talking about um, different views of soteriology or Christology yep. or um, eschatology, whatever those things are. And so, um, and I, yeah, I've just, w- could you explain to those that don't know what ecumenicalism <laughs> is? Uh, and then I've got another question after this. So if you could just explain so, please In, in simple
1: sort- terms, the ecumenical movement is the coming together of churches in, in unity, but also acknowledging diversity. Okay. Um, and it was a movement that started way in the, in the early 20th century. Yeah, yeah, and I know
0: the Lausanne Congress yeah, has yeah, been right, really yeah. doing that. you, you got over different the years. movements yeah, like yeah, the yeah. Faith
1: and Order, which looks at theological sure. difference. you got uh, Life and Works, which looks at um, um, our practices. Uh, as a, And you've got um, the Mission uh, Movement as well, which the three strands of okay. the ecumenical movement. Um, what they had was they try and uh, make sure there's some kind of equity within that space. So. Where all voices are represented, whether you're, regardless of where you came from in the world,
0: a Presbyterian, a Methodist, a Greek Orthodox, and they're coming together to discuss an issue.
1: Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. So we had a lot of discussions. Um, So you can't completely um, find unity in that space. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. That's what we were seeking, Um, and tolerance was really important. So when I mentioned that worship at the start of my journey, at the end of the first year, my Greek brothers. It's a matter of coming together and understanding one another yeah um, and then even our teachings even in our, our class discussions we'll say oh can we have a perspective from our African brothers What do you think about uh, this issue or, or the politics and so the the opportunity to voice um, our opinions from our social location was really important. Our lecturers came from different parts of the world from different denominations and so you could sit there we're aiming to find some kind of unity. Um, yeah, that's... And then you, what you do is we go back to, where uh, we come from, we go back to New Zealand, Samoa, and we share those stories. Because, oh, my African brother from Libya, this is what he would mm. do from his perspective. You know, it's understanding their story. Um, his one was a really challenging one. Libya being a very yeah, unstable yeah. Very political, dangerous country. Danger, dangerous yeah. country. Uh, Pentecostal, uh, my sister from um, South America was Pentecostal. My brother from Guatemala was a, a Roman Catholic priest, he used to be. So just hearing their stories, it was such an amazing experience. And I came back to to Marua thinking, wow, this is so small. Marua, New Zealand, Christianity mm. is so small compared to the, the global world. And even, even in my class, when you talk about Greek, um, my two Greek brothers, we didn't need to pass any words, we just asked those guys. Yeah, 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 <laughs> Yeah. So just the theology and, and wrestling with those theological... You you do you, you really love uh, the yeah, ecumenical I movement. I, I
0: experienced that a little <clears throat> bit on the mission field. When we're yeah. serving in different parts of Africa and Asia, you're seeing the body of Christ. I guess when I, uh, when I look at some of the ecumenical stuff, I th- you're talking about trying to work towards unity, but understanding the diversity. So I yeah. definitely understand the beauty of what it means to understand someone's story, hear their story out, yeah. and so on. But I guess... I keep coming back to, well, how do you wrestle through a different understanding of doctrine or systematic theology? And, yeah. and for, uh, for us, look, we're not, I didn't study theology, yeah. and I never want to, to be honest, but we're passionate about the word. And so yeah. we have a high view of doctrine, a high yeah. view of scripture. And so I'm just wondering, where are the, do you, do you, is there a point where we compromise so much for that kind of unity that we actually lose the truth of the gospel? remember
1: this is two thousand years of 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 of, of Christian, history. Of yeah, Christian yeah. history, and um basically you know even in even in my law I have to confess you know we, we ours is very uh predominantly a, a western theology sure um and I met orthodox theologians in Geneva, and their theology is so deep um so whether when you say we're seeking biblical truth um there are so many interpretations out there yeah I, I can understand yeah that, yeah and I think trying to find I think uh, there was a, a lot of tolerance because there was an opportunity for us to say hey this is Orthodox theology this is our view of of um, of uh, this is how we do worship and this is why we do worship mm. this is 2,000 years mm. um, Roman Catholics would say this is why we have the Rosary you know, and they've been around for years. So understand that their traditions are really important as well. Yeah. And it's really hard to get. So when you say a biblical truth from their perspective, um, for example, uh, could we celebrate the, the Orthodox Christians would celebrate Christmas on a different time, because oh, because we we follow a different calendar. Yeah. You guys follow the Gregorian, Gregorian calendar, yeah. and this is what we believe in, uh, and they also believe they are closer to the original church. Sure. Based on their practices and their modes of worship, so trying to uh, what would I say? You kind of like turn a blind eye on, on what they're sharing. I think it's like turning a blind eye on 2,000 years of history. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: And, I, and I get that. I get, I'm not saying to, to turn yeah. a blind eye, but I'm guessing how do you navigate? And I'm not yeah. in that space. It's and all I'm about, about a, navigating. Yeah, and, and I'm not a I'm not, a, I'm not, a, I'm not a, a theologian, but how do you navigate that space where, you know, I, I believe at Fresh Truth, we're really encouraging people to know what they believe in and why they believe yeah. it. And, and for us, coming back to the word as our final authority, church history helps, all of that kind of stuff really contributes, but we want to encourage people to know what they believe in, but then navigating through all of that stuff is hard, it's a yeah. difficult story. Believe it or
1: not, enough, we all share one thing in common, mm. that God is the creator of heaven and earth, Yeah, beautiful. and Jesus Christ is the ultimate revelation mm. of, of God and his promises for humanity, um, we all share that common, and so, it's so that was that those was common grounds. Yeah, yeah, we've, yeah, there was a lot of um, opportunities for us to find these common grounds, okay. and that that has been re- that's been done well because the ecumenical movement started in the early 1900s. Mm. So they've done a lot of work. The Orthodox, Presbyterian, Lutheran all came together. Goes, hey, these are the common grounds. Uh, these are the differences, but these are the common okay. grounds that, uh, and we that. It was, it was awesome. Yeah, it sounds like one what, what an experience. I know there are challenges, as you mentioned, but... Uh, um,
0: but just being all... around those people yeah. would be trippy. Yeah, like I've oh. seen it, like, yeah, I've seen the body of Christ, different shades, colors, expressions, theologies, and it's a it's a privilege to be overseas. New Zealand's in a bubble, eh? Yeah. Pasifika's in a bubble. We're in this bubble, but when we get out of it and we see the body of Christ functioning in these different contexts, as you yeah. said earlier on, yeah, for, a, for a, a year yeah. four
1: year being immersed together yeah. as a community uh, with 40 other students from other parts of the world it's, it's it's a wonderful experience I think you need to really immerse yourself into that, into that community
0: okay um, Terry yeah. I've, I look I didn't read all of your PhD thesis but I went back and had a bit of a look um, at your at your thesis and one of the things that you mentioned there in one of your key questions was, um, and trying to remind you of that key question again, in case you forgot it, bro, because it's a, it's a pretty deep, deep um, piece of writing. But you said, should the Congregational Christian Church of Samoa, or, or the Lamosa or Ewhakasa, but should the church in New Zealand, uh, the CCC, CCCS Church in New Zealand, adopt a new perspective in order to be an authentic Christian witness in the global world? I thought it was a fascinating question because I come from a Ifakasa. I grew up Presbyterian, but I've got a big Ifakasa background, going back generations. And so when I thought about this question, I thought, well, what's the new perspective that you were arguing for? Like, um, and, and has it happened in that time uh, that you've? been in, in, in that world but maybe since left that world as well because you've, you've left the Fakasa. The, the so yeah what's that new perspective that you're really trying to fight for
1: yeah. so I was basically writing from the social location of a New Zealand born Samoan mm-hmm. being raised in the church and the many challenges that we faced um, I really uh, found it challenging trying to um, find the deeper uh, nuances of, of scripture um, and I found that uh, they failed in, in, uh, in many ways in um, basically teaching us the deeper meaning of scripture. Uh, until I went to Maulua, I found, oh, this is what we're missing in the church. Okay. Um, but it was from the perspective of, of a New Zealand born Samoan who was caught between two social cultural worlds. But when I mentioned globalization, it's more than two social cultural mm. worlds, it's not just a Samoan and a Western, it's not just a home and church and the, the school, sports environment. The multifaceted world is talking about uh, media culture, globalization, Yeah. Uh, these images we find You use the Coke can
0: imagery in your, in your yeah, thesis. Uh, Coca-Cola, yeah, Coca-Cola,
1: um, water. Yeah. Um, so my, my thesis title was uh, Coconut uh, Water in a Coca-Cola Bottle. Mm. So I'm the Samoan, a young Samoan man being raised in the Samoan church um, who preserves a fixed identity. Because uh, it's a transplanted Christianity. Sure. You know, the, the village Christianity has been transplanted on foreign soil to the New Zealand and the, context. And the purpose yep. is to is to uh, find a, a, a space of familiarity. When you go out to work, you're going to be mixed. You're going to be mixing with other people. Uh, see things that are beyond your mm. your Samoan customs and cultural view. Um, but the church space is our comfort zone, uh, and also preserving our way of worship and and the way we do things in the, in the in Samoan Christianity.
0: So can I jump a question, a section of question here? Because I like I enjoyed uh, some of the stuff that I was reading through your thesis. Uh, and so it might take me a long time to get through it. But I wanted to go back and have a look at that stuff. And I saw some of the presentations that you did around a Samoan Christian worldview. And so we do a lot of stuff around worldview here at Fresh Truth. We're always trying to work yeah. out what defines our worldview. Can I ask this? And this might be a hard question, bro. But we ask this question a lot at Fresh Truth. Culture versus Christ uh, We There's a, a huge rise In a focus in Anganoo and cultural practices You've talked about A transposed Christianity That's come from uh, From our island context Here put in New Zealand suburbs uh, From the village to the suburbs And so there's a there's, there's, There continues to be That huge emphasis on Anganoo cultural traditions um, And those things Especially in our traditional churches We're talking probably more about the Ifakasas, uh, the the, the uh, some the of those Catholic, Tongan, the yeah, Tongan churches, yeah, Tongan the Catholic, Methodist, they yeah. real strong Anganuku stuff, a strong culture and tradition. And some of that has value. I'll be honest, some of that yeah, has real yeah. value. My question is, do you support this? And is it biblical to have so much focus on this stuff? And then where's the focus on God's word? Where's the focus on teaching a, a, a good systematic theology that helps the parishioners be able to navigate this world. Like, what's your views on that space?
1: I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it would come under the systematic theology okay. uh, discipline. I think you're more of a contextual theology. Uh, yeah, yeah, but where, but I guess yeah. what I'm
0: asking is, where's the teaching of theology right, or right. or good doctrine to the parishioners when there's so much anganutu focus? Does that make yeah, sense, yeah, bro? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I wouldn't bring doctrine
1: into the uh, into the picture. I think. Um, uh, let's, just, let's just reword, because culture is one of those words which uh, has many nuances yeah, and absolutely. many meanings. You could probably, there's culture in biology, there's culture in anthropology mm. and, and sociology. There's a skateboard uh, culture, yeah. there's a basketball <laughs> culture. Hey, it's, broad. it's Media it's culture, broad. Yeah, pop yeah. culture, yeah. music culture. Um, but we'll just use a, a simple definition. It's a place where cultures and belief systems are, uh, and practices are carried out. And organized. And in a community, in yeah, yeah. an organized community, passed down from generation to generation sure. I think um, uh, this this is my view um, I was immersed in the Faassa it came through Mādua. I put a lot of reflection into it I don't think what I find is that uh, let us put ourselves in, a, in this in this position that um, imagine that we had this machine that cleared uh, our, all our memories this one uh, imagine uh, Kanan, we came in here and Canaan said hey there's a machine here. It can wash away all your memories. You come out and you'll forget everything. Imagine oh. we go into that machine. We came out and um, we lost, we don't know, have no memory of, so you of life. So start at zero. Start, start at, at zero. zero. Yep. And we came out and Canaan said, you know, what culture is a, is a blessing from God? Mm-hmm. You know, embrace that. Uh, we'll definitely have a different perspective of life. Sure. Because I think uh, we come to, um, I, I we came from university and we was always talking about culture, culture in a negative sense. But I went to Maru and I saw a lot of um um, a lot of value As you mentioned Yeah that's right um, And sometimes I wonder Whether it's not the culture That's the issue um, I think in Jesus' time He didn't really He came through This is the son of God Incarnated into a Into a culture The yeah. Jewish culture yeah. And I know that Jesus Would have followed A lot of the, the Jewish customs Sure Like any other Jewish boy uh, Growing up
0: He went to the temple uh, went He to the all temple. Of that He stuff. read yep. uh, the, the scripture yep. The Hebrew scripture He went to the synagogue Exactly
1: uh, and uh, not once did I probably Jesus probably didn't, didn't say much about mm. his culture I think it was more critical of the reinter- the interpretation of culture by yeah. by Pharisees by the Jewish leaders
0: and also the the yeah. ring of laws that they had put around right. and so using yeah, that yeah. kind of philosophy I'm yeah, wondering
1: okay. whether culture is not the issue but our how we use culture in the postmodern world okay. so I see a what I'm saying is, I've left the Fakasa Church and I go to the Presbyterian Church, and when they say, "Terry, can you, you guys, can you, are you guys all right to do morning tea?" I was "Oh, yeah, would love to. This is uh, what we do back in our church. My mum and dad would serve. Mm. You know, service is really taught Tautua. Mm. So in Tongan culture, they talk about fatogia. Yep. Uh, and what we did is, we, we did morning tea. We bought pizza. We bought the whole table was full of of food. And I, uh, the 50-year-old came up to me, and goes. Jerry, it's only a morning tea, it's not a it's not a lunch. So you went handies on oh, the room. Uh, you know what I said to him? I said, yeah. This is my culture. Sure. This is what my mum and dad taught me. This is for me our service to God, service to the church, and this is uh, I think it's sacrifice. Hmm. Sacrifice is really big. And um, so there are really um, good aspects of culture. I agree. Um, it's how we interpret culture in the postmodern world. And I'm thinking of I just wrote an article yesterday, I summoned it this morning. Uh, called you know the Moana mm. uh, the where you where you are animation that song where everyone's um, dancing and you got women weaving baskets you got men fishing mm. men climbing coconut trees everyone's so happy I think that's kind of like the ideal um, it's usually the word telos of the Samoan culture mm. social cohesion and harmony um, I call it in, in Tokelau and Tuvalu they call in uh, Tokelau they call it Inati
2: mm.
1: uh, you're distributing food for the welfare and the social welfare of, of the community sure. for those who don't have the fish give it up to them mm-hmm. so that's a really massive um, that's a blessing yep. that's that's that that's that's for me Christian that's that's for me aligns with um God's attributes of of cool. justice and, and and equity and equality and I think the problem is how we uh, when we transplant something like that and we use the same signs and symbols and semiotics we use we use the same idea of giving, yeah. and reciprocal giving, but the the symbols have changed. So the symbols have changed from the a basket of coconut. Sure. Back in my grandfather's day, I would imagine when they gave something uh, to uh, uh, the fat saw when they gave something to the would say oh yeah. This is a basket of taro. In parts of the world, this is coconut. Parts yeah. of the,
0: the church and yeah. the, around the in Africa I saw that they yeah. gave. Uh, their, their vegetables, they gave the no, it wasn't around exactly. Western money, yeah. they gave what they could. I mean, could. they got the Ubuntu yeah. kind yeah, of like, yeah.
1: philosophy, that's amazing. Mm. I think these are, there's probably more Christian than what mm. we do outside. What I'm trying to say is, when we appro- appropriate that and reinterpret that in the postmodern world and the signs of change, so instead of boxes of taro and coconut and, and fish for the, and for the families, it's been... Translated, I think Robert Streiter, a Roman Catholic, called it re- re-translated, uh, re-traditionalization. Hmm. So the traditions are, are still the same, but the signs have changed, or the symbols. Or
0: the, or the way they've done it. The way we've yeah, yeah, done yeah, yeah. it. So
1: we're still giving, we're still, uh, there's a lot of reciprocal giving, but it's been commercialized.
0: Oh, yeah, it's, I, it's changed
1: to money, it's changed to Um so but that And that puts up. a lot more pressure. So the telos back in the Moana setting, it's all about social cohesion and the harmony. When we put it in the postmodern world, when we, we do the same actions and practices, but the signs have, diff- have changed, then my question is, where is the harmony and the social cohesion that was there in the Moana setting? People are struggling a lot more because yeah. you know, there's a lot more haves and have-nots now. So culture in the traditional world Back in the 1950s, Samoan culture back in Samoa—that's amazing. But can you know? I say though, also, yeah. that,
0: but then that's that's <coughs> not the assumption that the culture in the 1950s or before that was utopian or was was ideal. Like I know yeah. and we know that there were still major failings in the culture back then. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, so, but I understand that there's a goal around social co- cohesion. I yeah. guess, yeah. and I, I like the way that you talked about that—the the symbols and the way that we've done it has changed. I guess I'm looking. We get a lot of people contact Fresh Truth and asking us. They're from traditional churches, right? Right. And they're struggling around the the things that have changed. You know, yep. you know what I mean? They, it's the it's the retraditionalization. That's, right. That's They're struggling I mean. with all of that. And but at the same time, we're getting people contact us who are hungry for God's word, hungry yep, yep. for for teaching, or I mentioned theology or systematic theology or good doctrine. But they're not finding it in their traditional churches, yep. and so they run to other churches to try and find it. And so, I guess that's where that Christ and culture uh, d- uh, discussion has been really re- been really yep. important for us, because it's it's a it's a major thing for the church in New Zealand and yep. in the Pasifika right now. Because we we're really just spread in, spread in Australia, the US, and New Zealand. Yep. Hey, that's really where our people are, and obviously our islands. And so, how has that functioned? around the teaching of God's word, but all the other cultural practices, yeah. yeah.
1: Well, we look at the history, I think, uh, I mean, I, this might be a, a very biased, selective history, historical account, but when the missionaries came over, they, they planted the gospel and they actually worked with the people and, and developed a, um, an indigenized gospel that they thought was authentic to them. Mm. So I've used authentic. Mm. So I would imagine um, by, uh, there's a one thing called the LMS Fundamental sure. Principle, and so the understanding is the LMS made mistakes when they took the gospel to other countries, and they said, I think we're opposing the gospel on the, the Africans. Mm, and mm. they said, hey, we are going to have this principle. So we go out to the Pacific, we plant the gospel, but we make sure we translate the gospel into their language, and we make it uh, make sure that they are happy. Uh, but we're going to take filter out stuff that you think are not right. So it was a it was a gradual development of the gospel. But that's the, a missional um, process Al, yep, about yep.
0: the the bringing of, of um, the gospel and missionizing yep, countries. Into yep. uh, yeah. so their language. Yeah,
1: and, yeah. And, and, and and so there are things like faalualu yeah. and alofa. And the missionaries say, hey, these, um, these are wonderful aspects of the Samoan culture. I think these really align with the Christian gospel. We can elevate it to another level yeah, yeah. because Christ is all about love. Yeah. It um, reminds me of this and book. And you put God at the center. Yeah. yeah.
0: It reminds me of this book, um, Eternity in Their Hearts. I don't know if you've ever read it, but it talks about how the gospel and God's Narrative or story mm-hmm. is told through different cultures around the world, and it looks at these different examples. I think of something like the Ifunga ceremony in Fassar More. Yeah. Ah, that, that, that. Uh, if you don't know about that ceremony, it's about forgiveness. Like I think it's such a beautiful picture of forgiveness yeah. that, for me, I often think about Christ's redemption for our sins on the cross as the ultimate Ifunga. He yeah. was innocent, but he took the place. Uh, uh, took um. The guilty person's place, which is what the gospel is. So, yeah, I, I wanted to ask that question because the other thing, look, and look, people are gonna, I might get, <laughs> I might get hate mail for this. Oh, <laughs> good. But I, <clears throat> one thing that I, I know people are struggling, and I struggled with it coming from uh, a family of els is this elevation of the faithful. The picture that you gave me of a faith of the, or the student at Maalua, was beautiful. You guys are in the mokmanga, You are serving, disciplined communities. And then I fast forward, and I turn up head tables, uh, and there's so much elevation of the faith. Oh, and I think I see that in the charismatic church. I see that in the Pentecostal church. <laughs> and to be honest, I probably see it in every church in the world. This, and and I and I'm not saying we don't. We have to honour those shepherds that that are teaching us God's word. These faithful men that are teaching God's word. But how did you navigate that as a as a <laughs> grad, who was a lecturer who would travel overseas, and that sort of elevation when the literally the al means the one who does the chores the one who yeah, serves literally literally, yeah. literally uh, the do so the work. that's right the one that does the work and yet in our pacifica <clears throat> cultures man we've i don't see that happening i'm not saying that the work on the pulpit is not that's the key work of a faith in my yeah, view yeah but do you, do, you get, do you get my question bro i just i just i know there's people that struggle with this i struggle with this personally i'm just wondering you're a I get to ask if I Oh I'm not I'm not a You've gone through my law. <coughs> Only a few people have done that. You know what I mean? So yeah. you've gone through that whole experience. So Yeah, ha, what do you what's your view on that, Because that's a it's a it's a it's a curly subject.
1: Probably give you a safe answer to start off with. All good, bro. All good, bro. <laughs> my safe answer is um, I know a lot of Faith Owls that um, do a lot of good. Uh, I my, agree. My, my mate Danny at Sanapu, he actually, when he goes out for his visitations, he actually gives things, stuff to the, back to the people. He goes with a plastic bag, and you know it's going to be Bisupo, Kalufa. Elengi, you've got to be Kalu in there. He goes on an invitation and gives stuff back. Um, I don't know if he still does that, but uh, but that's is, that is, his. He's all about love,
0: he's about mm. a lofa. Um, I saw my um, uncle do um, that in yeah, Lynn. He yeah. used to do that as well. So I'm not taking oh, a yeah, shot. Yuritana. Yuritana, yeah, like, yeah. I, I'm not taking a shot. I'm just thinking what well, yeah. culturally. Yeah. we've we've done this. So, yeah, sorry. I I not
1: I, I, I won't um I may not be accurate in my my facts, but I do know there has been a lot of talk about um trying to minimise um uh, the, the burdens on families like Yuritana. Would sure. uh, had proposed? Hey, when we have guest speakers, yeah, we'll just uh, have make it simple. Uh, I think it's probably not only the Fifellas, it's probably also the, the, the people. Yeah,
0: exact. that's a uh, good point, Terry. Um,
1: I think, um, so there might be, you know, uh, issues of pride and shame mm-hmm. that come into the equation. If you're a Mateva family and you don't want to bring shame to your family, um, those, those issues all... They all play a, 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 play a part. That's a big And I do know that um, there have been attempts to, to uh, let's just say make it easier for the people but uh, it didn't go well with with my mm. um, And that's probably one thing that I want to mention because I don't want to pinpoint for Elves because um, uh, what I do want to say is I think there needs to be from my perspective as a theologian if I, I still have a love for my church and I still love my my uh, my background, but I do feel that there needs to be more of an attempt to come together and have these conversations, mm. these robust... Robust, open conversations. conversations. Open conversations. Yep. I don't think we're doing that enough, not only with the cultural issues, but any issue. Mm. Uh, I know we have the front in Marua, but, you know, it's going to be all about... Uh, they're going to be coming a lot of the logistics about the church. But it's a lot of these robust, real hard issues that I believe that need to be discussed. It's not only the Fakasa Church, but all churches. Yeah. I think uh, when you look at the global world and how fast uh, it's evolving and moving... I don't think the church um, generally are coming together, whether it's to Iwhakasa, but together as a Pacifica community, we're not having these robust discussions, we're kind of like listening to one another, talking about on the golf course, but we're not doing anything about it. That, that's the uh, the ex, that's the that's action, the praxis, uh, sorry, the reflection in the praxis that I believe is important theology. Carl mm-hmm. uh, Bart talked about uh, holding the Bible in one hand mm-hmm. and holding the newspaper in one hand. Mm. Um, are we, and then in and the need for us to come together, um, and and address these issues and, yeah. and that are talked about in the newspaper, using theological critical theological reflection, and then not only involves the the ours, the but it's also the church in and general, the people in general, the people uh, yeah, in general, yeah.
0: and I, and I think uh, one thing I wanted to to acknowledge though is, I think there's a big desire and hunger from people for that. Yeah. Because we're looking at our faith elves as leaders, as the people who are teaching us God's word, but we need to navigate this cultural or this contextual dynamic that we're living in New Zealand now. Yeah. What 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 is the what is the church saying around LGBT issues? What is the church saying around trans issues? What is the church saying around all these different issues? But we're not having those conversations yeah. and not and I think having balanced conversations, I think it's really easy to lean on the progressive side or to lean on the conservative side. But actually, Come and be robust and actually yeah. argue. Maybe that it that.
1: comes back to that transplanted community. Yeah, which maybe is, it's, yeah. A, it's a safe zone. It's maybe it's the Eleventh Commandment
0: <laughs> that that Bokham says that we're <laughs> just too nice. Hey, it's the Eleventh yeah, yeah. Commandment. We're too nice. You know what it's about the bar,
1: But I do believe. Um, well, I'm not going to judge any of the faith, oh, sure. but I do believe there needs to be more of a collect, collective effort. Yeah. And as leaders of the church, I think they have a big influence, and in, and in, in those yeah, talks. Absolutely. I mean, they come through four years of theological, um, education, and I believe theological education continues. You know, they preparing their sermons, they they reading about doctrines and dogmas, creeds. Uh, they do their research, but uh, it's a matter of coming together. And I know there are FFLs. It's probably fragmented. There mm-hmm. are FFLs who are concerned, but not all of the FFLs concerned. So I'm not pointing the faith, uh, yeah. we, could, we talk about elevational faith elves, that's that's a cultural issue. I also throw yeah. in there
0: also, it's about, you've got these faith elves that have got all this knowledge, God willing, ah, they, they've they, they, all this theological and biblical knowledge, but people need help to translate that stuff. Ah, because, okay, if I'm learning through the book of Romans, well, what does that mean when I apply that in my life as a teacher, in my life as a nurse? You know yeah. what I mean? Like, I think that's that... I think people uh, uh, there's a hunger for the but we're not teaching God's word effectively yeah. we're not teaching those things.
1: There is a oh. Malo Bible School. It was an initiative that started in 2009. Mm-hmm. It was raised by a few of their districts and they came to the Foellilier. We started in 2009. And it's basically it's a, a school for the laity. Okay Run by Malua teachers So that was in Samoa And just last year They started one here in Auckland
0: And that's cool Because that, opens, yeah, it up, uh, that definitely. opens it up That opens it So Terry Sorry I'm, I'm just aware of time Because I've been fascinated With this Dalano But Terry So what are you doing now? So you, you uh, We haven't touched too much On Laidlaw We might not have enough time But what are you doing now uh, At Laidlaw Bible College?
1: So I'm teaching theology I taught a lot of the uh, Level 5 papers Beginning theology Biblical theology A bit of church history as well This year I'm uh, Designated to teach a few of the Pacifica papers. I'm okay. doing uh, Pacifica Theology. Ooh, uh, that's a, that sounds interesting. <laughs> yeah. still, still. We don't have enough time to dig into that and, one. But um, yeah. the history of um, Christianity, Pacific Christianity. Okay. Yeah, looking at a lot of the, uh, so what they taught in the islands, uh, the spread of Christianity in the Pacific and also to diaspora, New Zealand, Australia, New Zealand, oh, uh, and America. Uh, there's also a course um, on discipleship run by. Um, Gina
0: Siosi, Yep, I know Gina uh, This well. semester,
1: yep. and um, basically the aim of that course is to to draw on the wisdom and the experiences of a lot of the uh, people like yourself, official um, uh, Collins, uh, sports celebrities, Pacific mm. Islanders, who can come in and, and tell their stories, mm. um, and this this basically
0: weaves into the idea of discipleship. Okay. Um, so what's the what I mean? What's one difference that you saw between law and Ladle, other than the obvious, like the language <laughs> stuff, and and does uh, Ladle have a manga that they work in? But like what no, what, uh, like, what is it? What is it? Because I I've seen Ladle over the years. Can I be really really honest also? Yeah. And I, and I know your principal well, and he's not going to like what I say, <laughs> um, but. When people ask me, "Oh, I want to go to theological college," I don't recommend any college in New Zealand. I never have, and I have my own reasons for it. I'm being really honest yeah. to you. You're a lecturer there. I know principal. I, your principal. I know uh, Gina and others that teach there. Like, what's the use of going to a theological college like uh, Laidlaw? To yeah, what what Why is it important biblically or life-wise?
1: Um, I I think it. Um, well, personally. Uh, you learn more about the Bible in a deeper, Good. deeper way, uh, going deeper into Scripture, whether it's Old Testament, New Testament, le- le- reading about the story of the Bible, how everything connects. But um, making these connections, so when I talk about faith, I think um, my faith journey um, is a lot more richer now mm. because of my understanding of Scripture, my understanding of Christian theology, my understanding of theological ethics. Okay. Um, basically, it's not a fragmented... Uh, uh,
0: um understanding of God. I Would think you advise young believers if they want you you you'd, this is the selling point I guess for, for Laidlaw. Yeah, but you'd advise you, you ask believers. any sorry, yeah. I'm gonna be biased go it, here, but if you it.
1: ask any student that comes through Laidlaw now and who's done theology, they'll all say hundred percent come to Laidlaw. Hmm. You you learn not only Laidlaw but even at Kiry Baptist, uh you just learn a lot at a deeper level. You know you know, you learn about uh in history, Christian persecutions, you learn a lot about the, the Aryan controversy, mm-hmm. Arian side against Athanasius, you learn about the Nicene creed, um, the reformation, Martin sure. Luther, John Calvin, Oric uh, Swingley. Mm-hmm. Um, you learn about evangelical movement, you learn about uh, the rise of Pentecostalism and uh, so the missionary So you're getting endeavors. all these tools that-, that All yeah, these yeah, tools yeah, yeah, okay. are really important. I think my faith now, my understanding of theology um, is a lot more compact not fragmented like before I went to my world, but it's a lot more compact and a lot more coherent okay. based on my coming through, learning all these, you know, and I'm still learning, to be honest. Well, that's
0: a, that's a cool thing I've really picked up. One of the cool things I picked up from you also is the ongoing journey. Yeah. It's the journey of learning and, and, and working through our theologies because everyone's got a theology, whether you know it or not. Yeah. You've got a theology, but working out, okay, what informs that theology? So, this has been an ongoing journey, even for you who's got a PhD and who lectures in this stuff.
1: Believe it or not, someone asked me uh, this question Oh, you, you know, when I graduate, you must know everything uh, about God. You know what I told him? Then you'd be God. <laughs> you know what I told him? I said, I don't know this much. Yeah. I don't know this much. Because when you learn theology, it really puts everything into perspective that God is, is massive. And looks all we know is this much. And I said, Man, there's a whole world of knowledge up there that I
0: don't know. So what if someone what if a young person comes up Terry and says, Well, theology is is the study of God. So there's a lot of stuff, a lot of good stuff there, but I just want to study the Bible. You know, what if someone comes? I just want to read, them, understand the scriptures. Do we have to learn all this other stuff? I believe it's helpful, like church history and and yeah. and, and, and all of those things that you mentioned before. But do we ha- do we have to learn that other stuff, or is it just about understanding hermeneutics, understanding exegesis, eisegesis, working through oh, the word? There's a lot.
1: There's a lot more. Yeah. theology is massive. Yeah. I mean, okay. So when you talk about theology on a broader scale, there are so many disciplines and so many kind of. Like, um, Sub disciplines yep, yep. uh, or subjects within those disciplines that you can learn. So you don't have to. I mean, you can if you wanna. So in your first year, you'd uh, do all the intro papers for all the courses. Your second year, you could specialize. Mm. You could be. Oh, I want to focus more on the Old Testament. So um, it starts. To, it narrows down again and becomes more specialized. You could say in your second year you might be just focusing on the Gospels. The third year you might be focusing on, on a couple of the, uh, couple of the books in the New Testament so that's how it works and, and you start and wide and you go narrower you know, down but, and deeper
0: but it's, it's is it that diverse at laid law or even my law? have you like is there a balance of theological views like we were just talking about eschatology the end times before yeah the, like uh, is it repre- is that kind of Difference or, or, or diversity represented at, at different Bible colleges, or there's some Bible colleges who are more okay. That's a, a Calvinist kind of Bible college, or a Minionist kind of Bible college. Like, what? Yeah. Or is it better to have a balance? We
1: are uh, an interdenominational college, but there are kind of like uh, this is legal, more you're about. prominent scholars. Yeah that we find are grounded in certain subjects, and we say, we we'll use Mabel? those readings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like when you talk about intercultural studies, hey, um, when you talk about Christ and culture, yeah. there's there's many models, uh, according to Reinhardt uh, Richard Niebuhr, okay. the Christ and Culture book. You look at Christ and Culture, Christ of Culture, Christ and Culture, there are a lot of ways where Christ and Culture can can interact. Intersect. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Stephen Berman's um, brought up six uh, his models of contextual theology, um, the different ways that gospel and culture can interact. Okay. So so these are key books. Um, so we don't just uh, find a book from, you know, oh, that's a good book. No, we have a look at some of the more prominent scholars that are recognized in the world of academia between the different colleges. So we all kind of like share similar um, ideas on who those prominent scholars okay. are. We might have differences, but a lot of us would say, "Oh, these are the prominent Old Testament scholars." You know, NT writers are yeah, probably yeah, a well-known true. NT scholar. So, a lot of the ideas are are directed towards those those academic okay. writings. So, it's not as diverse. I mean, it's diverse, but we do make sure. You that try we, to stay middle of the yeah. Of the we road, do make really sure yeah. this is a five-star scholar. This is uh, these are the five-star scholars. These are the books we want in our bibliography. Okay. These are this is the very grounded theological perspectives that we feel. Uh, um, you Know cover a lot of okay. a wide range of um,
0: denominational
1: affiliations and, and interpretations.
0: Nice, hey Terry. Um, I look, I've really enjoyed um wrestling through some of this stuff and and being cheeky and asking you some questions about faith, <laughs> and that kind of stuff. Because I, I mean, I, I always like asking these questions because I think it's good to have that discussion. So, also, I mean, I, I honor your responses because I think it's uh, it's you've you've shared those things that you believe in and the in the background and the history and. And the journey, so I really enjoy that. Also, I guess if I can wind wind down to some of these these closing questions, if that's alright. Also, and I think it's this question around contending and defending. And I don't know what your perspective on this, but um, in the in that closing briefing that I took, I gave you, I talked about how do you think Christians in Aotearoa should contend and defend the faith. Well, and actually, it'll be interesting to see to hear your okay. view because we've talked about some really. Key issues around theology, around culture and Christ, uh, around faith owls and ministers, and that's not just the traditional island church thing that happens across the board. I'm always, I always want to acknowledge that. But yeah, in this context that we're living in, you you have a very special um, uh, sense of it because you're in Laidlaw and you're working in that in that coalface. How do you think Christians in Aotearoa should uh, contend um, contend for and defend the faith?
1: I'm going to take something from what we taught in my biblical theology class. Go for it also. Oh, yeah. Sorry, beginning theology. I think there is a need for us to listen to the questions and concerns of the world. Okay. Um. um and and we need a good understanding of, of scripture, a uh, good understanding of, of doctrines and and, uh, and and theology. But there's also I'm coming back to Karl Barth's that kind of like image of holding the Bible in mm. one hand and holding the newspaper in another hand. I think there's an issue, I think one of the biggest issues in the modern world is that the church is becoming um redundant in a sense or Well uh, statistics de- are de- showing that already. De- 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's the yeah, kind yeah. of the term they use in Britain. Yeah.
0: Well, um, are, some some theologians or some commentators saying it's a post Christian world yeah. we're living in aid, that yeah. the Christians not uh, the church's not relevant anymore. So yep. It
1: comes back to that question, how do we make Christianity an authentic how can we become authentic witnesses of the gospel in the postmodern world? Um, you probably know this better than I do. <laughs> but I believe that we're not only defending the faith, but we're also trying to make the faith relevant. Yeah, okay. Um, um, and I believe, um, uh, coming back to what I mentioned earlier, that the church, whether it's a local church or the global church, needs to come together and address these issues. Um, and I think we can defend the faith. We don't need to... Defend the faith if we address these issues. I think the issue now is we're becoming less relevant. Mm. Um, this is not about defending the faith. It's about how do we make it relevant to the people today. And I'm, my one of my main concerns in the Presbyterian Church is a lot of the elders from St. John's and St. Andrews and Manuera are still there. They're in their 60s, 70s. My challenge is where are their children mm. and where are their grandchildren? So New Zealand is a very secular society and this is a, a trend that has started many years ago yeah. in Britain I think people were going to the, the soccer stadiums on Sundays they were going to yeah. church they said, oh I think it's how do we make God's promises and and Jesus the Jesus teachings are relevant and meaningful to the people today mm. and you came through the Salvation Army mm. I'm not going to give you my answer. I think we need to be more practical,
2: because
1: yeah. people will say, "Oh, they come and teach me about Jesus, but uh, they're very exclusive." Yeah. So what are you going to do about it? And so if you have a look at some of the religions that are probably growing, they're probably religions that are actually walking the talk. Um, and I think in the modern world, that's what you know. Because I'm looking at the issues today, um, and they, they're actually looking at us for hope. You mm. know, hope, we don't just say, "Oh, Jesus, hope." Jesus light. Um, they need to see that through our practices and our witness. Mm. And that's my own personal understanding. Yeah. That's why I got involved in the Cancer Society. That's why I got involved in the homeless programs. Because I think if we don't actually put that into practice, then I think we're going to lose a lot of the the people today who are very prag- pragmatic mm. in the way they see religion. Um, yeah, good, good that's, response. Also. That's my yeah. view. I think we need to be... To walk to talk, if you, if you if you actually look at the the statistics, the census, and I got this from one of my colleagues a couple of years ago, who did a lecture on New Zealand Christianity, the churches that are actually um, quite stable as to other migrant churches, mm. so the Samoan churches, the Tongan churches, mm. a lot of their, church, their numbers are still relatively Absolutely. the same. It's the Baranger churches that are declining. that are declining, and I think it's because we are still relational. Mm. I think we need to bring the relationality back into our, um into so so I don't want to so by by making the faith more authentic or more, more meaningful and relevant so I know you come from a different angle of being yeah, yeah, by yeah. defending yeah. the faith but by me f- from my perspective we need to make the faith a bit more um, but more real yeah for our people
0: class interior I don't, the, uh, it made me think, like you're using Karl Barth's um, uh, picture of the scriptures in the newspaper. Do you think there's a danger that we're too focused on the newspaper, that we get so caught up in the good works and, uh, in my view, maybe the social justicey kind of <laughs> stuff of, of of the world, which I think is beautiful. Christians are, uh, have been, you know, I, yeah. I, would, I would push back a bit because I think Christians have been walking the talk for two thousand years. Like we've absolutely lived out our faith. You know, we built hospitals, built schools, yeah. built um, fun- built societies. Like yeah. you know, and so I guess you know, do we? Is there a danger that we're, we're too caught up in that part? We actually forget um, the message of Christ. Yeah,
1: uh, I think that's where we. This practice model is really important for me. is this understanding that uh, um, yes, we have done some great things, but the world today is moving so fast. I agree. You yeah. know, compared to. You know, we're all moving as like a snail. You know, in the first mm. two thousand years of history, after after the year two thousand, things are moving so fast. Mm. I think I think it's really important for us to come together and and reflect critically uh, with wisdom and discernment. Okay. So we can we can do a lot of practices, but is it relevant to today's society? Is it relevant to to I don't know why I'm saying this to you, although... You're the, no, 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 you're, the that's, that's good you're in the salvation army. <laughs> but I believe there needs to be relevant practice that comes from I think it comes back to orthopraxy and orthodoxy. Right practice comes from right thinking. Yeah. Um but that right thinking is not there because we're not having those fruitful discussions or fruitful conversations. So Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, well so, I, I,
0: get, I often think though that the right practice that we do is wonderful, but without Christ at the center of it, yep. then I think it's just social work, yep, yep. you know what I mean, we're just oh, doing definitely. social good, which is, I mean, if but what well, I'm talking about the church, here. I'm not talking about an NGO, I'm talking about yep. the church of God, so I think that's a, there's a valuable um, reflection back of, of that question. Yeah. And Terry, that's important, sorry, because
1: yeah, before yeah. I say that, I know the, it's a role of church leaders and in yourself mm. as, as, as missionaries. Mm. To make sure that God is the centre, it's a God-centred community. Yeah, yeah. And I think that term in Latin, Missio Dei, yeah, it, it comes from God, it's God's mission. God's mission. And we got to continually remind ourselves that it's God's mission, it's God's promises. Mm. It's God's calling. It's God's story that we're God's telling. story. Yeah, it's yeah. God's story.
0: That, uh, that's a good one. Hey, also, um, look, I've really enjoyed this, man. I've just, I think it's been a really rich dialogue, and um, I could keep asking you questions um, forever. I mean, um, uh, it's, it's, it's quite good. Maybe I'm getting a three, uh, a free theological uh, degree oh, no. uh, 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 well, uh, on the podcast. But also, I guess for us, Fresh Truth, we always leave the closing words to the guest. So if there's any um, Bible encouragement or uh, or your courses that you're teaching or um, uh, anything you want to say to to those that are listening and watching, um, yeah, I just leave it to you. But I just wanted to say on behalf of the Fresh Truth, I just wanted to uh, say thank you heaps. Uh, This is your gift. Oh, thank uh, you. Which is our Fresh Truth Cup. um, And it's uh, got Jude 3, uh, appealing that you contend earnestly uh, for the faith. And it's got the logo there. But this is a small gift for you also. But um, I'm going to hand it back to you, Alelua. Thank you. Uh, uh, hand it back to you, bro, for any uh, closing words.
1: Yeah. I was, uh, yesterday, uh, Alda was sharing about um, the Beatitudes. Mm. And it uh, went into uh, so Matthew 5. And I was reading further into Matthew 5, 13 to 16. And there is the metaphors used by Jesus, who I think is the master teacher. Amen. Um, and so I want to read uh, on uh, these images of salt and light. So Matthew 5, 13, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. Uh, 14, You are the light of the world. A, to- a town built on a hill cannot be hidden. So I really was really one of those, you know, when you're wrestling with a, a Bible verse, and this is one of those verses I was wrestling mm-hmm. with, uh, quite a while back, probably back in Malu, I was thinking, what does it mean by it's no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot? Um, so I did a, you know, there's a, because a uh, biblical or biblical interpretation, there's a saying that a a text without a context is a pretext. pretext. Very good. So, so Say it again, please, Tim, because that's text, one of our key sayings. A yeah, text yeah. without a context is a pretext. Amen. And so I really want to go deeper into the context, mm. And what I found out was um, there's a, uh, well, we'll just say lost in translation. When you translate something into another mm-hmm. language, you lose the the, the, the true meaning the of, meaning, of yeah. the... So when they translated the Hebrew scripture into the Alec 6, the Septuagint, back in the, the Greek uh, Bible, um, they lost the meaning. So it's basically, if you actually look at that, it should be you are the salt of the earth oven, not mm-hmm. the salt of the earth. And the earth oven, we know... In Maori they have the hangi. Yeah. In Fiji they have the lo, lovo. Samoa and Tonga have the, the umu. Mm. I think the Tongans borrowed it from the Samoa. Yes, yes, I think they. <laughs> but so that's a wonderful image, I and mean, and and the image I have um, of the earth oven back in Jesus' time, um, what they had what they had was the young ladies would uh, collect cow dung or camel dung, and what what they do is they get collect the dung and they'll flatten it. Mm-hmm. Um, like a like a hamburger patty, mm-hmm. um, no McDonald's today, yeah. but uh, and what they did was um, they would flatten it and then they'll leave it out in the sun to dry, and then once it's dry, they collect all the all the dung patties. We'll just call it dung mm-hmm. patties, and they put salt on it, and they put salt on it. They rub salt on both sides, they turn around, rub salt the there, and then they stack it upon each other like a, like a like a pyramid. Like a pyramid. Kind of, okay. And so what they do, so when you wanted to light a fire, that was their earth oven. And you still see it done mm. today if you mm. actually um, Google, you know, earth oven emitted in the uh, ancient East Middle or the Middle East. 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 Yeah, yeah. Um, and what happens is when they light a fire, um, um, basically that's the oven. And they put stuff on top to cook their food. Mm. The reason why they put salt on the earth oven on the actual patties is like kind of like the uh, the coconut shell and the husk and in the islands. Mm-hmm. When used in Samoa, they put the coconut shell there to make it burn faster, yep. and they put the husk over the top to make it burn longer. So the salt serves as a catalyst to make it burn longer and burn faster. Okay. Without the salt, it kind of like loses all the energy and just fuses out. Mm. So it, 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 It's uh, a short fire. It's a short fire. Yeah, yeah. But with the, when you put, rub the salt onto the – the salt had a lot of uses mm. back in Jesus' time – it was also uh, you could always rub it on meat. Just without having your It was a payment. It was used as a, a payment. As a payment. As we, yeah, yeah. Um, so the the earth oven, when you rub salt on it, 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 it lasts longer and it burns. It's a lot. Mm. It's a lot more um, a stronger. A lot more powerful fire um, oven. Um, but when it loses its saltiness, then it starts to fade yeah. away. So this is where the context comes into it. So what I have, can I read it again? Mm. You are the salt of the earth oven, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything. So, what happens after they um, after they've used it as earth oven? They throw the dunk patties out into the open for people to walk on. Mm. So that's the the image that. So Jesus' audience would understand that because oh yeah I understand what's coming because that's that's my mm. culture. Um, so that's that's where that comes in. What I really like about this one is that the. Uh, they're very intentional in putting together the image of the salt of the earth oven, and the light to the world, because mm. uh, we can't shine our light to the world if we've lost our saltiness.
0: If it's a short fire, if it's, con- a, if it's connected. connected. It last it's connected,
1: yeah. so it's connected there. So very, very smart mm. Jesus um, and Matthew for putting this together. Um, those images are connected. They're not separate uh, images, but they're two metaphors that are actually connected, and we get a lesson out of that. Mm. So you can't shine your, you know, we are called to shine our light to the world, but we can't shine our light if we don't have the saltiness. So we can have a, what is the saltiness? We, it could be a theological answer. Mm. God, God. Mm. If you don't have God, if you don't have the spirit of God in your life, uh, you can't shine your light. Mm. Um, so there, that, that's just something that I wanted to share, that uh, we are the light to the world, but make sure that we have enough saltiness. in the, Very good. It's theological, but, you know, salt is not good for our bodies, but no. it's, it's a theological uh
0: well, some salt is good for <laughs> <grandma. laughs> especially on steaks. So, yeah. But it's something I wanted to share. Yeah, yeah. Um,
1: and very, Jesus, man, what a smart yeah, guy, yeah, yeah. Uh, the master teacher.
0: Well, on that note, uh, Terry, again, uh, thank you very much for um, gracing us with your presence. It's been a real joy, bro. It's been a long time uh, for us catching up, but it's really called a talanoa over this stuff. Again, to all of those uh, who are listening and watching on Fresh Truth, God bless you guys. Please continue to send your questions or your thoughts or your comments. Any hate mail, please send it to Terry. Yep. Uh, but any good stuff, send it to us. Send it to uh, me. Yeah, yeah. And any, <laughs> any, re, and any um, terrorist mail, send it to Canaan. Because <laughs> then that's where we really need to make sure he's on point. But um, uh, uh, on that note, uh, to God alone be the glory. Uh, to Faso 4 uh, We'll see you again. God bless you, fam. My love. Tá no.